Hi, welcome, 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 welcome back. If you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, February 1st, I hope that you remembered to say rabbit, rabbit this morning for good luck when you first woke up. Um, We could use some good luck, I would think. I've heard from so many people that January was a really wacky month. One of my friends described it to me as being on a -a tilt-a-whirl, and I think that I would 100% echo that experience and curious to know if you would also. Um, I woke up one morning in January, I think it was like a Friday, and I remember thinking to myself, like, what on earth day is it? It, it, This was happening all month long, and I know that we just had 2020, 2020 and 2021 where it was like normal to feel that way, but hello, we are now in 2023. This should not be happening anymore. Um, doesn't matter if it shouldn't be happening. I still felt that the entire month of January, and realistically, this kind of started in the end of September for me personally. It was a little bit of like twilight zone, you know, it was twilight zony. Um, it was a great month. It was action-packed. It was busy doing all the right things, but it did still feel like I was living in some sort of alternate reality a solid half the time. So it was weird. Anyway, since I can't really explain or put my finger on that situation, I will not go on and I will tell you what I can explain instead. Um, In January, I spent the month intentionally focused on reconnecting with a lot of familiar folks, revisiting things that lit me up last year, and even rereading books that I wanted to dive in deeper on or take deeper notes on or just get into again and refresh my memory on the topic. And despite like lots of visiting of old stomping grounds, doing seemingly normal things, I would say that the month really exceeded my expectations. It went above and beyond. Conversations went places I could never have dreamed possible. I gained a way deeper understanding of myself and others. And there were some damn near magical moments all in the first month of this new year. So if that is any indication of what is to come, I guess I'll take the wackiness. I guess I'll take it. This month, moving on to February, let's step into February, shall we? This month in She Built This, we are focused on another one of those topics that's going to be hard for you to kind of exactly put your finger on. It's hard for me to exactly explain what it is, but I know it when I feel it. And you probably know when you feel it. You know when you've had it there in a relationship and you know when you don't. And what I'm talking about is connection. So This month, February, we're going to get into what on earth connection really is, what it looks like with others and with ourselves, what it looks like from a networking and relationship building perspective, and what it looks like inside our very own brains. So to kick us off this month, I'm chatting today with someone I am personally a huge fan of, Milton Stewart. He's host of the Do It For The Gram podcast, and I will introduce him and my obsession with the Enneagram and the way he specifically talks about it in one second. But really quickly, just in case you don't know about who I am and you stumbled across this because of the keywords in my show notes or because a friend sent it to you or something like that. Um, I'm Emily Aborn. I'm host of this podcast. I'm leader of the She Built This community, and I'm a content writer who fittingly for a content writer, I'm obsessed with words. 
Other things that are fun to know as a listener, uh, let's see, I'm married to a wonderful husband, Jason. I live in the backwoods of New Hampshire. And if you don't know where that is, yes, it's a state in the United States. I have a dog named Clyde, who you will actually get to hear a really beautiful story about in next week's episode. And basically... This podcast is my way of feeding my curiosity, going deeper on topics and ideas, sharing people and things that I'm excited about, and also knowledge and resources so you can actually start implementing and applying right away as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a person living on this planet. Um, If you're a regular listener or this is your first time here, I really want to welcome you. I appreciate you and my loyal listeners to no end. And of course, if the feeling is mutual, I always invite you. I always welcome your reviews on Apple Podcasts. And on that note, I would like to take a moment to appreciate my most recent one from Sarah L. Quote, have I done enough? I can't wait to listen to more episodes. I love and appreciate Emily's openness, vulnerability, and wisdom that draws from business and life. She crafts fun, informative, and engaging conversations with her guests and encourage her listeners to think deeply and thoughtfully about the ideas shared in each episode. I look forward to listening to She Built This Again and perhaps becoming part of its community. Thank you so much, Sarah L. I'm so happy to say that Sarah did, in fact, join the She Built This community, and you will hear more about Sarah L., down the road. Um, I did some light website stalking of her once I figured out who she was, and I'm fascinated to know more about her. So when I feed my curiosity in that area, you will be the first to hear about it. Speaking of being fascinated and wanting to know more, I have always, always, always been interested in this ever-elusive concept of personality. My parents used to have this book called The Personality Tree when I was growing up, and it was essentially a guide to, quote, who you were uh, through the lens of one of these four personality types. The four were melancholy, sanguine, choleric, and phlegmatic. And hopefully I said all of those right. When I was a kid, I actually ended up reading the book like several times. And then after reading it a couple of times through, I decided, you know what? I don't think I have a personality because according to this book, I did not fit into any one of those four categories. And worse, what everyone told me they saw, which was the sanguine, uh, it, it actually wasn't the full picture because I experienced a lot of the things that the other four personality types in that book do too. I think you know, all if you if you are a woman, you can probably identify with being a little mel- melancholy at least once a month, if you know what I'm saying. But there were other factors too. So my my interest in personality started when I was really young, and it continued throughout my life. And in college, sociology, psychology, anthropology, those were like some of my absolute favorite classes. Just anything that taught us more about who we were as individuals. And then also how we fit into society as a whole and how those different individuals interacted with each other and what could go well and what could go not so well. So fast forwarding almost uh, 20 years, my interest in personality has continued and I've become interested in learning about Colby, um, the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, human design, the tests that they give you before they like assign you a role in a company and just really like any personality or self-assessment test that I could get my hands on. Um, 
This said, it took me a really long time to learn about the Enneagram and discover it. I think I learned about it in 2019 because someone told me their type and I was like, all righty then, like, please remind me to avoid that type, which is another story for another day. But I didn't pay it much mind after that until... I met Christina Granahan in the She Built This group. She is a friend of mine, an Enneagram coach, and she's been on the show and will be back on uh, soon. I know that's a spoiler alert, but stay tuned. Anyway, Christina gave me the advice that you really can't just take an online test. You have to read about it, immerse yourself in it, get real with yourself, and start looking at your blind spots. Um, As you are starting to learn about the types, You want to also look at yourself more deeply to determine like who and what you are. Really, it starts with self-awareness, right? And then the other thing she recommended, of course, and Milton talks about this in today's interview, is getting somebody to help you if you are really stuck through a typing interview. And, you know, that is honestly my next step because I am stuck. I started reading one book, two books, three books, four books, maybe more. There may be more. Then I read them all again, and then I read a couple of them again. Um, I started binge listening to Milton's podcast, which you'll hear me share with him in this episode, and I've also listened to a bunch of other Enneagram podcasts as well, and I don't really, I've thought about this so many times, I do not really have a good explanation as to why I am so obsessed with it, except that I absolutely love learning about what makes us all tick and what makes me tick, and The very best part of the Enneagram, I think, is it's not like a classic personality test. It's not like, okay, here's your personality. Now go keep doing the thing. It really shows you your blind spots, your trouble areas, where you... um, where you grow and also where you tend towards when you feel stressed. And then it gives you the path forward, like an actual way to work on yourself. And I love that. So it's like a true growth tool. And here's the other thing is how you approach the process of discovering what you are is also through the lens of what you are. So that's another reason why I'm kind of trying to look at like, okay, why am I so obsessed with this? Like what is motivating me to read and research and understand this so much? And and that's fascinating in and of itself, right? Um, But I love it because it shows you things that you do to either disconnect from others or connect with others and also like how and why you seek out the specific connections that you do. So most valuably uh, this past month in January, it's really helped me to connect, I think, to my my inner world, my brain, my heart, my gut, and just understand myself a little bit more deeply. So if you are a fellow Enneagram fanatic or you're like, Ennea, what? This podcast is for you either way. It's not the normal going through each type in-depth interview. What we're really talking about in this episode is more about connection with yourself and with others and doing the work. What does that even mean? What can this do in your life if you decide to do the work and work on yourself both with or without the Enneagram? So if you are ready to dive in, I know I went on, I doed a little bit long this morning, but I had a lot to say. Um, I'm ready to as well. And so I want to introduce you to Milton Stewart founder of Kaizen Careers Coaching and Consulting. He loves facilitating the Enneagram and helping people feel seen, heard, and safe. He's one of the very few African-American male 
Enneagram teachers in the world. And Milton believes that the Enneagram is more than just a personal tool, but a map of how to truly honor the humanity of others. He uses it in many ways, but the most powerful way he uses it is in spaces of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Milton hosts Do It For The Gram, an Enneagram podcast, which teaches the Enneagram from a very practical standpoint. And I will be make sh- I will be making sure that his full bio, um, all the links to connect with him, both through his website and on Instagram and on his podcast, um, and all the resources we mentioned in today's episode are at the link in the show notes. All I hope for you today is that you come at this from a place of openness and that you learn something new, hear something new, or maybe it's said in a different way and it just kind of sheds some light on you, uh, light for you, or gives you some newfound clarity. Um, And of course, I want you to enjoy. I hope that you love this conversation with Milton as much as I did. Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. And welcome to the She Built This podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy we could make this work. I know you're you're busy from the sounds of your own podcast. Um, so thank you for making the time. Thank you for inviting me. Before we um, dive into like all things Enneagram, I would love to hear a little bit about your backstory and like really what brought you into this work. Um, and then maybe we can get into like what you actually do and what the different parts and pieces of your, your, um, business are. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, a little bit of backstory about me and maybe how the Enneagram found me, uh, <laughs> I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and, um, I grew up in a, a little bit of a rough area to a degree and, um, what happened was and how I got to where I am with the Enneagram is the fact that uh, when I was sitting and stuffing my face full of food, uh, as I usually do, I love to eat. Uh, <laughs> I was um, eating with some friends and we were having like a like a devotional to a degree. And in this devotional um, at the very end, like we eat, we sing, we hang out. Um, there was this blue book that was brought out. And uh, it's called The Wisdom of the Enneagram. And he was like, hey, y'all want to take a personality test? And I was like, sure. I love these things, right? These are fun. You get to learn a little bit more about yourself. And when we took it, in this book, it's like a two-question test. And uh, this two-question test, I got my two-letter numbers right on the first one. And um, he started reading about my type structure. And the first couple of paragraphs were great. So I felt really good in front of like my friends and everything. I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. This sounds great. I'm awesome. Uh, <laughs> and then the next two paragraphs were the total opposite, which they was like the things people don't see about you. Uh, that um, it's kind of like if no one saw you and, some, and someone was actually watching you when people weren't around, the things that you would do or how you thought and these different things. And that is what it described really well. So it felt really awkward in front of my friend. I was like, oh, I, like, I don't know about this now. This doesn't seem so great now. Um, 
You're like maybe it's, that one's not me. Let's do the test again. <laughs> right, right, let's let's try this again. But inside the whole time, I'm knowing like, oh my goodness, how does it know this? How does it know this? How does it know this? And um, from that moment, it hooked me because, um, you know, at first, like for some to describe like all these great things about you, that's cool, and that's like, yeah, great. But when it described the other part, where I was like, oh my goodness, how does it know me without knowing me? This book, like, what the world is going on? Uh, so that led me to a lot of deep study, um, buying every book I could at the time. And this was around, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago. So it wasn't as many books as there um, are now in the marketplace. Like now there's a bunch of books, there's a bunch of podcasts, a bunch of memes and the fun stuff and that. But back then it wasn't that. It wasn't that. <laughs> so um, I scoured um, different places to find information and um, I just consumed as much as I could uh, because it really pinpointed me. So that's a part of how it kind of found me as a uh, as a person and kind of stuck to me. And from there, I just started to bring it into my workplace uh, because I was so excited about it. I would just tell somebody that I'm really excited about and then it would spread like wildfire. And, you know, I'd be talking to one person and another person. And then before you know it, I had a manager. Well, she was a principal because I worked in education uh, for about six or seven years. And she was like, why don't you teach the staff this? And I was like, what? She was like, yeah, you, you talk about it so much. You seem to know how to, you know, kind of work with it. Why don't you teach the staff? And um, I taught the staff. I was super nervous at the time. <laughs> and But it went extremely well. So I did it for the next three years um, for like our professional development in the summer. And it really helped to change the culture um, for the teachers and the, the youth in our building. So it was, it was pretty amazing. That's kind of how a little bit of a start to it. That is so, that's such a great story. And so what were you, what was your role in the company at that time? Yeah. So at the, at the school I worked at, I was at like a administrator. So I made sure that we got funded. Um, so you have to make sure the, the rosters and the students and everything is correct for the state. Um, it's a, it's a um, charter school. So if you know anything about charter schools or anyone listening who does, you know, you end up doing way more than, than what's under your job title. <laughs> and so, I mean, way more. So I worked a lot of times one-on-one -on -one with kids. I've even taught a couple of classes. I've done help with behavioral things, uh, management with uh, youth. I work with teachers, helping them to resolve conflicts. It's been a lot, but yeah, so that's part of what I did. So, Okay. One thing I do love about the Enneagram work is exactly what you said is like, it's, well, first of all, it's not just a personality test, right? Like it shows, right. yes, the good parts of you and how you show up and how other people experience your personality, but it also shows those parts of you that you don't want to show the film crew <laughs> um, yes. that are like the, the shadow sides of your personality. And it gives you like a place to go from there. It's not just like, here's who you are. You're kind of stuck like this. So for those listening who either aren't familiar with the Enneagram or want to get more familiar with the Enneagram, what is what are some common questions you get asked about the Enneagram from people that don't know much about it? Um, and like, what do you find that people are most curious about around it? Yeah, two great questions. Um, I think one of the questions I get most often uh, comes in the in the form of the, actually the word. They're like, any of who? Any of yeah. what? Uh, <laughs> so the Enneagram is, um, Ennea meaning, simply means like 
there's nine in gram mean like it's something written or design or something like that. So that's basically what it means. Um, and so the Enneagram having nine different points um, is definitely something that helps us to figure out why behind the how we emote, how we act and how we um, and how we think like that's one of the big key things to it. Um, so that's one of the, the questions I usually get. Another question that usually comes up around the Enneagram um, that I usually get is, is, is this like, is this just me, right? Am I locked in here? Is this my only number? Um, or do I have different numbers? And so this is the interesting question. So we do have technically all numbers in us, like to a degree, but we have a home base. And what I mean by home base is that there's a particular number, one specific number, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, eight, not nine, <laughs> but there's one that has the journey that we are taking, like you mentioned before, that if we take it, we'll be able to grow and truly have liberation in our lives, truly be able to change our lives and not just go with the egoic way our life, um, egoic parts of our life wants to control things, right? Just do it its way. So uh, one thing is that we have one core number but we also, as we work on that one core number, we will encounter all the other numbers inside of our work a lot of times. So that's another question uh, I would say you, I get most often uh, because that one comes up quite a bit. Um, do you think ahead. that? Do you think that that can make it? And sorry, sometimes I do ask two questions in one, but I know your type, so I know you can handle it. Um, <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, so when someone is stuck and they're like, well, I don't know, because I see all of these things in me, like what is sort of the, I guess, starting point for them? If if that feels like, well, I can see a little bit of all of this in myself. Yeah. So the key to the Enneagram. So here's the, the work. So the Enneagram is not the work. And, and that's where it get, can get confusing because it's like people like especially when you do understand your type you get so excited like oh my goodness like you get excited or you get really annoyed or a little bit of both right you're like oh ooh, oh that's great like, i don't like that part right so one of the things that's um the the, the, the work to actually grow is actually becoming more self-aware so even though you may see all these different parts of you and certain numbers struggle with this more than others because of their uh, pattern and their type structure the thing is become more and more aware. And then as you become more and more aware of what's driving those behaviors, right? So for instance, if you get in the underpinnings of each motivation of each type, this is where we start to understand more of the core. So for instance, if you're in a certain environment and then a certain personality traits or patterns show up, well, it's really, if you're aware that when I'm in that environment, that's what shows up. I'm not usually like that, but in that environment, if for, for, or in order for me to either be heard, seen, or safe, I have to be that way. That means that that's not core, that's not home base, but you exhibit that because you kind of need it in that environment. That, that makes total sense. Um, do you do you want it? Do you mind if we go over like the, I guess what you would say the motivations are of each type and like kind of give like a like a really basic in a nutshell overview of them. I know that we could like this could be a six hour or seven hour and this could be an eternal podcast. A seminar. <laughs> yeah. Um yes, yes, yes. So the um we'll start with type one and work our way around. So type one, the motivation, the core underpinning for type one is to be right or be correct. Um this this is one of the things that comes from it. Like they really want to be right or correct. 
and I'm talking from a core standpoint, right? This is this is very important to them. Um, as we move on to the type two, the core is wanting to be liked or loved. Um, and so this is what produces their specific behaviors, right? They're really trying to be liked or loved by um, people around them or people they want to like or love them. So it it's that's why they turn into people who call the helper or the giver. Uh, threes, they want to be approved of. And so when you think about threes, you're thinking about someone who shows up and they usually look good doing what they do. Whatever they're doing, they're going to look good doing it or try their best to look good doing it and be successful at it. But it's all based on a deep motivation for approval. Type four, for type four, it is deep down. They want to, part of the motivation is to be um, unique and to be different. Uh, that That's part of it, but there's also a, a yearning for a really deep connection as well through their uniqueness or the, the ability to stand out and be different. Um, type five, it's to be competent and capable. This is one of the most important things for type fives. Like, and this is why you talk about logic and them making sure they understand things. And like, if they're going to share it, then they want to feel like they know 100% of what they're sharing because they, they don't, they do not want to look incompetent in front of other people. It's heavy for them. And then being capable is another important part of theirs is because are they capable of doing the things that they want to do or that they put their hands to is going to be very important. Uh, for the six, it is to be uh, to be secure and to be um, prepared. And there's a there's another word escaping my mind right now, but security in the sense for the six is like, OK, Am I prepared for whatever could happen? Do I have the necessary resources? Do I have the necessary relationships? Do I have the necessary support uh, to make sure I can navigate what's going on or whatever we're about to do? Uh, for the seven, a big part of their motivation is being able to um, be content. And this is why they struggle so much to find so many different things they want to do and they do this adventure and they have that fun and they do all this but it's really in a deep search to be um content uh honestly that's what they're, they're really looking for to be content but they love to be stimulated and to stay stimulated to a degree um and, and have a whole lot of energy basically so that's one of the motivations uh for the seven uh for the eight the eight is to be powerful and to be strong. Um, one of the biggest things for the uh, type eight is they want to show up in a way that people can see them as powerful and strong because they want to defend and they want to protect. That's one of the biggest things. They naturally want to defend uh, a cause, a community, a person, themselves, and they want to protect them as well. So that's why they show up there too. Seven, I forgot one more thing. One of their motivations is freedom, is to be free. Uh, to be able to operate as they want as well. Um, going back along our Enneagram structure, type nine. So type nines, one of the, the deep motivations for type nine is to be harmonious and peaceful, uh, to have that internally and externally. Uh, and that's what drives a lot of their behaviors to either avoid conflict and sometimes even address it head on. But it also doesn't feel good when they have to deal with things that are not harmonious or that cause um, a lot of conflict for them. Now, how do you like, how do you really say to yourself, okay, this is my motivating 
force <laughs> because when I look at this and I'm just going to use myself as an example, um, I'm still in this journey of like trying to figure out kind of exactly what type I am. And awesome. I would, I would say I sort of bounce between like six and nine. Like I'm like, I could, oh, yeah. I, could I could go either way. Like, oh yeah. Okay. So how do I really know what is motivating me? Cause I can talk you into either one. <laughs> well, I, well, I'll, I'll tell you this i don't think you could talk me into it because i catch certain things but most most people you could so um i would say this here's here's where that piece where i talked about before the self-awareness piece comes in um a little bit more really observe ob observing yourself so the six and the nine specifically or if anyone's stuck between types now that you're saying that, okay, the motivation piece does take a little while um, to kind of look at sometimes, right? But since you know that there's specifically two, now we can kind of push away the other numbers. So now we can start looking at what's the difference between those two numbers. And then we can start to work with what's going on here. So now I would say just for a person who is like new to the Enneagram or kind of know a little bit about it, I would say once you've kind of said, okay, well, these two are these three, kind of push the rest away and then start to look at some of the characteristics of those specific ones and see if they operate on a consistent pattern within you, right? That's how I would start to do it. Now, the best way I would recommend for people who have the ability to do this, I would recommend you contact an Enneagram coach who's able to do a typing interview so you can really help tease those things out because here's the, the, the gift of someone who does typing interviews. If they're good at what they do, like it's not just the words that you say or the answers that you give to the questions or when they ask, but it's how you answer them. It's how long you spend on certain ones. There's certain ways that each type talks about certain things that like a trained good teacher or a coach can pick up on. You just start to pick up on you be like, oh yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful process because it's like you got all of that for my simple answers. Like, yep, sure did. And you feel seen and you feel heard. Uh, and which is like huge. So that's how I would do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great advice. And I know that you're going to share some, like, I know that you have some resources as to who can do those kind of interviews. So an, another question on that is like, if people say, well, I, I do want to do that, but I also want to start with a book or, mm -hmm. a po or a podcast to kind of like hear about all of the types for myself, where do you suggest they start with a book or a podcast or maybe a test that you recommend? Because I know that a lot of tests out there, again, I could get every, I can make it so that I can get any answer on any of those tests. <laughs> like, I, I promise you, I am every Myers-Briggs type because I'm like, I can make it say whatever I want. <laughs> so, so where can people really start like listening or taking a accurate test or um, reading a book for themselves? Great question. So uh, podcast, I would say definitely start with my podcast because I'm I agree. practical. <laughs> Uh, my podcast is called Do It For The Gram, an Enneagram podcast, and I keep it I keep it practical. I keep it simple. I really try to make it relatable. And when I was making the very first episodes, go to the very beginning, by the way, because I have like 100 episodes. But if you're listening and you want to say, I want to listen about the different types, go to the very beginning episodes and really check out the intro to all the different types. Uh, it'll give you a, a good, um, some good information on it. And I really try to embody in the first couple of episodes the 
the type structure in me, but I also really thought about people I know in those structures who made the challenges of our type and struggle with them. So I really tried to invoke that on those um, those episodes, which I think is important. Um, and then as far as a book, if, if we're looking at just general Enneagram information, um, and I and Enneagram is, is so it's so broad and so deep, but I would recommend uh, I would recommend the Complete Enneagram by Beatrice Chestnut, and I say that because it's going to have a particular topic in it called um, subtypes. You know, we don't want to get into that too much on this episode, but um, subtypes are a breakdown of each number. So there's nine types, but each nine type has like three different variations of how it shows up, and so. Each number has a specific variation of it that the internal underpinning of it is the same as the others, but as the other variations in its number, but they show up differently in public. And so for those specific people, that's going to be important for them to know because they're going to be like, well, this goes with me, but I don't show up like that. And that's specifically because of your specific subtype. So I would recommend the complete Enneagram by Beatrice Chestnut. It's a kind of a kind of a thickish book, but it's actually pretty doggone good to be in specific. It's fantastic. Uh, um, that and the wisdom of the Enneagram, I've read both of them like five times each. So awesome. <laughs> um, so one thing I love that you do on your podcast is you bring on guests of or sorry, you speak to each specific subtype like in its own episode. And I think that's super, super helpful because it does help you say, well, why do I feel like this type, but I actually show up like this and it's right. not, it doesn't always coincide. So I love that you do that. Um, and I think that I would highly recommend your podcast. Also, I've like definitely binged almost every single one of your episodes. <laughs> so, oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll make sure there's a link to those. So let's talk about like, like, why would somebody want to do this? Like, what is the real power of the Enneagram in somebody's life? And how do you think it can like as as on, maybe for the entrepreneurs listening, like how can it really help to get them to the next level in their life or in their business? I am so like when you asked that question, I got so energized because it's so many ways that it helps us in our lives. And so I'll give a personal example, but share that into how it helps, you know, anybody and everybody. So one of the biggest things it catches us on is it catches us in these patterns that are unhelpful to um, us being able to choose what we want to do in our lives. So when I talk about that, I mean like your purpose, your meaning, uh, even things you just want to do. So our ego patterns, aka our personality types, they can they try to get something specific, but they aren't able to reach it because it's all stuck in ego. It's stuck in reaction. So. The Enneagram helps us to pause, be aware of that pattern that's been going on over and over again, and then disrupt it or interrupt the pattern and then choose what we want to do. You know, it's like if you're thinking about any relationship that you're in, think about entrepreneurs, any relationship, your business relationships, your friendships, there are certain patterns that you can get stuck in relationally uh, that are not necessarily healthy for you. But you just find yourself, you keep doing it. And then it's like, why do I keep doing this? Well, the Enneagram helps to make it more clear of like, oh, that's why I've been searching for this and my ego reacts this way. But I actually want to do this because that would be better for me. So that's one huge thing. As an entrepreneur, 
Like, so I'm a type seven. So I can be all over the place, as you know. Uh, I have a, a bunch of energy and I can be all over the place. But in the tricky part about that is that like I can if I didn't understand my pattern of being that way, like I could start something real quick and not finish it. I promise you, my podcast on the Enneagram, it would have stopped like 20 episodes in because I would have been like, well, I guess I'm not excited anymore. I'm good. You know, but the, the work of being able to like, OK, you're not excited, but you're doing some good work. This is actually really helping you grow personally. You're learning a lot. You're actually being able to help people globally. It's like, let's con let's continuously do this and be consistent. And that consistency has helped me build a business because if I would have pivoted from not doing my podcast um, consistently, even when I wasn't, because sevens, we do things based on excitement a lot of times. So if we're excited, we can do anything. But then when we lose the excitement, we can stop everything. So if... I would have lost it. I would have never had the business that I'm doing now. And I also do diversity, equity, inclusion work. And for me as a seven, like, and this is understanding everyone's type structure. Everyone's a little bit different, but I'm just giving personal examples. When it comes to DE and I stuff, because I have to tap into other parts besides happiness and joy and fun, I have to tap into sadness. I have to tap into anger. I have to tap into way more groundedness. In my body, I am naturally light. That is just naturally how my body um works because of my personality structure but when i go into companies and i have to do enneagram plus de and i work i have to be grounded and i have to be able to hold space for people and so if i am not aware of how my type structure reacts and i don't know what to do then i can be all over the place i'm not grounded and so when i'm not grounded in in a space when we're talking about something heavy or deep then i'm not creating a safe space for people and that's not okay so that's been a big part of the work. So understanding the Enneagram helps us to see things so that we can truly become aware of them. And I, and I think of people, if you think of like things like um, AA, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, like the first thing is like, you gotta recognize that you got something going on that's not beneficial before you can do something about it. So the Enneagram wakes us up to these things that we may be struggling with in our business, right? Maybe we don't have good boundaries. Maybe our mindset is limiting. Well, everyone has a limiting mindset to a degree. That's a whole different uh, space, but we all have these based on our type structure. So we see the world in only a ninth of what the world truly is. And as we grow and become more aware, we can start to see more objective reality and see the world more as it is. And we can operate in a way that's way healthier for not only ourselves, but other people as well. So when I hope- yeah, that that was super helpful. When you said objective, I, I started thinking about how it, it helps you stop blaming everybody around you or the situation around you or your circumstances. And yes. not, not, not blame yourself, but take responsibility for yourself. And yes. that that is hugely, hugely impactful. So bouncing off that, it is so easy to say, well, my parents made me like this or like mm -hmm. my societal conditioning made me like this or my environment made me react like this. So I would love to hear from you, like just boiling down personality. What is DNA versus uh, society and like what like nature, nurture, that kind of thing? Like what mm -hmm. what does the Enneagram say about nature versus nurture? Well, this that's a great one. It's um and, and there's there's no really verses in it. It is and and both. <laughs> there are things that are born with us that come with a, a package of certain things because of where we came from. 
um, our culture, our parents. There's certain things that we do pick up on. Like it's just it's just certain things that we be pick up on. But as we grow, and if and this is why there are certain teachers that recommend you take the Enneagram near the typical college ages because you finally have time away, hopefully, uh, to a degree away from like the parents or the environment you grew up in. So now you're starting to really maybe spread your wings of who you are and how you would want to make a decision based on what they would tell you to do or what they told you was right and all that stuff. So you start to have a little bit more inner autonomy so you can possibly see a little bit more of your patterns. So when it comes to nature versus nurture, there's a there's a there's a little bit of both and, right? And there's degrees of it. So when we talk about environment, environment is so important. It is so important. Uh, it impacts us in so many different ways, especially if you have not um, grown up in a place where somebody helped to strengthen your mindset, to allow you to say, hey, think for yourself, you know, um, embody this, em empowered you, helped you to really feel your own humanness, you know, your own personhood. Um, if you don't have that in the community, it affects you in such a strong way. Sometimes people have underdeveloped personalities. <laughs> and when I work with those individuals, they have to develop it first. Like I have to have to help them to train them to help develop it first so they can truly see it. And then we can truly work on it. Right. Because it's still operating because in this is the thing about personality when we're going our way back. So around the ages three to five is when our personality really starts to stick um, to us. Like it starts to wire our nervous system, all that stuff. At that age, that, that, that age range, something happened that made us or the personality structure stick in a way that says, okay, I have to protect myself in, in this way, so I'm going to operate in this type of uh, way. So it says, oh, my holding environment, I felt like it missed this. So guess what? I'm going to make up for it, right? Maybe for me as a seven, maybe my holding environment was really sad or really not really happy. And so guess what? I said, well, I'm going to fill that void. I'm going to be happy and okay all the time, mm. which, you know, you're not able to do actually, but that's my personality said, we're going to do that. And with that, it, it did its best to protect me from anything that could be sad or could be uncomfortable when it comes to those things, but it didn't help me to deal with them. That's the only thing. So I had to grow to deal with them. So when you think of really about nature versus nurture, and think about nature and nurture, it's both and. We do have things in our DNA that affect us that's like, wow, that just came from my family. I don't understand it completely, but they're doing scientific work to understand it. But many of the things that we do, we have power over them. And I love how you worded it. You were saying that like, you know, we can't just go around our whole lives blaming everyone else and everything else and saying this and that. And, you know, this is just me. And that's one of the things that I, I, I'd be like, ooh, that's not just you. You're so much more dynamic than that. Oh, my goodness. Don't box yourself in. Um, that That's one of the biggest things. So I say that just to sum it up is that, like, it is both. But overall, like, we have a capacity to be more dynamic than we could ever possibly imagine. So even if you got some crazy environment, you came from some crazy background, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, your, envir your holding environment growing up was crazy. You still have the ability to be absolutely incredible in ways that, you know, your mind right now may not be able to fathom. 
And I love that you said that it kind something like sticks to us because it's so funny. Like I have three little brothers, well, little ish. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I always think to myself, like, I think that they grew up in a different place than me. Like they, we had different parents or something, but it's because different things like we we may have grown up in the same environment, but different things stuck to me and different things mattered to me and were important to me. And so like. I think for people thinking about this and they're like, well, my brother or sister shows up in this way and we grew up with the same parents. So like, why are we not more similar? Right. Um, that's why it's because our, our essence, our personality, our DNA, like takes something and like locks onto it. So I love that you said nature and nurture. Um, that was a great way to explain it. Um, okay. So now this is just like a fun question and then I'll invite you to just share like how people can get involved in the work you're doing. Um, what would you say is your favorite? Okay. So some people listening will identify as type seven, you know who you are. And actually it's so (laughs) funny. I know another Enneagram coach in our community who is a type seven. And she said, it's amazing to her that this is like something she's been able to stick with for as long as she has. So um, maybe there's something to that. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so what's your favorite and your least favorite thing about being your type in Enneagram type seven? Um, I would say my my favorite thing is that my it's it's two things I'm gonna say. I'm gonna pick two things just because I'm a seven. Uh <laughs> one is my enthusiasm. Um, I absolutely love to be able to use my enthusiasm, not just for myself, but to be able to raise the energy in a room, be able to make people smile and laugh and be able to use it in a way that engages people and makes them feel safer. I think that's one thing we don't really think about is, but enthusiasm, healthy enthusiasm, let me say that, it actually makes the space feel safer. And I love the ability, I love that I have that ability in me just naturally. Uh, the other thing I love about uh, being a seven is um, the ideation, like the ability to have ideas, like these crazy, amazing ideas and how my brain works, even though it's hard to explain to people sometimes what's happening in my head and they may get lost and I may explain it like not very um, cohesively or in <laughs> in a way that they're like, oh, OK, that makes sense um, at times. I love it, though, at the same time. It's such a gift. Um, because my brain just connects and synthesizes information in such a fascinating way. Now, the thing that is also the struggle is the flip side of the coin of how my brain works is if I'm not grounded, if I'm not doing um, my, like I say, if I go for a period and don't do my inner work, um, I become very scattered mentally and I spread myself very thin. And this is this is real work for me. Oh, my goodness. And so I get scattered because I get so excited about an idea and I just go, ooh, I'm going to go do this. And so I get distracted from really focusing and honing in and completing things that I've already started. Mm. So that's a a struggle. Um, And when you say inner work, like how would you, for all of us, define that? Great question. Great question. Thank you for that. Um, So when I say inner work, what I mean is we when we talk about being more self-aware so the first thing is with self-awareness it comes this ability to start to know what is happening in the moment so introspection 
it's kind of like I'm looking back at what happened or what I did. That doesn't give us the capacity to change it in the moment. Inner work, being more self-aware says, how can I be present to the moment? For example, like when I'm breathing, how can I be present to the breath that's actually happening in my body? If something triggers me, how can I know where it's happening in my body? What's the feeling? Is it heavy? Is it buzzy? Is it light? Does it make me sweat? Does it make me tingle? Um, what, what's happening, right? And did I get warmer? Did I get colder? All these different things is like a present moment, self-awareness, what's happening because it's giving us information. And so when I'm able to see what's happening with my whole body, AKA my heart, my, my wants, desires, emotions, my, my stomach, my gut, my feelings in my body, sensations, and what's happening logically to be present in the moment then that's when I can be self-aware and do inner work because now in the moment, I have the ability to choose what I want to do instead of just reacting at a type structure. So I, I know that's a little, maybe a little bit out there, but ways to do it is saying, hey, like conscious breathing, right? So noticing my breath throughout the day, it's one of the things that helps. If I take a pause before I react, say somebody did something that really like frustrated me, if I pause before I, I naturally act or say what I really want to do or something like that, I can say, okay, what do I want to choose that'd be most beneficial for me and the others in this moment, you know, and or uh, Qigong, any, any practice that brings you back to self-awareness is going to help you do the inner work because it's going to help you move past things that are, I would say, ego traps inside of us. And so it keeps us in a pattern. I hope that helped. I'm, I'm, I might need to break it down more. <laughs> no, that was really helpful. And I think that's another place where a coach can help you, right? Because if you're, un, yeah, like if you're unable to see those things for yourself, they're, I mean, you hear it in your friends, right? You hear them say the same things all the time. Like it is what mm -hmm. it is or, or yep. whatever, whatever they say on repeat, you're able to hear it in your, <laughs> in your friends, in your partner, in the people closest to you. And that's what a coach can do for you too. So I guess on that note, <laughs> um, share like different, the different ways, if you don't mind of how to work with you. And then, um, we'll just share like how to find and connect with you online and like what you're up to right now. Awesome. Um, so you can connect with me. Uh, I have a website. It's called kaizencareers.com. That's K-A-I-Z-E-N-C-A-R-E-E-R-S.com. Um, and that's my website. At the very top, it has a um, cons consultation call here. And uh, you can go up there. There's a other tab if you're looking to say, hey, um, I'm looking for a typing interview or a coach who can um, do a good typing interview for me. I have people that I've taught, that I've trained, uh, that can really help with that. I'm also can do it too, but I have great people who are, who are really good at doing it as well, that I can always help you find a great coach in that arena. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram at do it for the gram podcast or Kaizen careers. Uh, so those are some other links you can find me on, which I try to do my best to give helpful tips, um, tips, hints, hacks, and, uh, other things to empower you through your day. Awesome. And I'll make sure that everything that we've talked about so far has a um, link for people. And again, like I just highly, highly recommend your podcast. So, um, and, and like, I, okay, let's inspire people with just giving them like, here's something you can start doing today in your own journey to self-awareness or to inner work, like maybe in addition to the breathing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So in addition to breathing, because 
That's going to be the most important part. And people are going to be like, what? That's why you need a coach. You need a trainer. But uh, something else that you can really do to just help you. And I think I'll give two things. One is get an emotion wheel. If you if you've ever used an emotion wheel before, I would say grab an emotion wheel. It is um, online. You can get one that's easy to find. And I would say jot down throughout the week or throughout the day, whatever's comfortable for you at this moment. Um, when you feel something and you don't know what it is, just jot it down. It just just jot it down because you it, it's so much information to unlock in these areas. And sometimes we don't know what we feel. I don't know about you, Emily, but like for me, there's times I have no clue what I'm feeling. Um, and so a wheel, a emotion wheel really helps me to say, oh, let me hone down. What is this? And if I can write it down after a while, I can track it and kind of work with it. Something else that could really help people um, that I would say just to kind of inspire or empower them is self-compassion. This is one of the things we, like we struggle with so much in our society because our TVs and our social media can be crazy mean um, and crazy cruel in, in different ways. So when I say self-compassion, really try to notice how you speak to yourself. You know, it, it's shocking how even for me, there's times like say if I make a mistake or if I don't show up in the way I thought I should show up, I will say something really quick and crazy to myself. That's mean. And I will have to go back and say, no, Milton, you're human. And so if when you notice anything about yourself or around yourself that you're being like mean, cruel, putting yourself down, I encourage you to find a way to immediately work on altering it and put a different message in your and say, hey, I'm human. I'm learning. I'm getting better. I'm going to work on it. Because if we can increase our self-compassion, your self-awareness, your inner work is going to increase multiple times because now you're not only doing things in the conscious mind, but you're helping train your unconscious mind to treat you with respect and love and to look for people who will do the same. I love that. I love the concept of training the unconscious mind to treat you with love and respect. So really good tip. Thank you. And I wrote, I wrote down, um, emotion wheel too. So I'll make sure I'm not that people need a link, but just so that it's in the show notes. So awesome. Um, thank you so much for your time and for sharing so openly and honestly and giving us like a really good starting point to start doing some of this work for ourselves. Thank you for inviting me on. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very honored to be on here. Thanks, Milton. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.